Today we are celebrating our sixth Sunday of Easter, the last Sunday in these great 50 days. Next Sunday, we will celebrate the Ascension. In our gospel reading, we are in John 14, which, if you remember, takes place before Jesus' suffering, death, and resurrection. This is the night of the Last Supper, where Jesus is explaining what is happening and what is going to happen just before Judas betrays him. It is interesting to see what this content is for our lectionary reading as we have been taking in all the counting the cost Jesus' followers prior to the ascension have been doing. A gift for us they did not have in real time, an intentional glimpse of truth as ascension approaches. Jesus' followers have been getting used to Jesus being around and now must prepare for him to physically leave them. Scary times for them, I'm sure. They may have wondered, the Holy Spirit is coming, but where are you going, Jesus? And what about us? It may be helpful for us to consider their experience as we navigate our faith daily now. For them in real time, they were always a few steps behind what was really happening, and they were catching up mentally and emotionally in their spirituality, and in their religious commitment. They had to figure it out. This faith stuff was not just put on a plate and handed to them. They needed to pick it up and interact with it and make decisions about it and think hard and come to terms with their feelings about it and count the cost slowly. That informs us. In real time, as the ascension was approaching, those questions were real and confusing and hard. What do you mean that the Holy Spirit is going to be coming to us? Where are you going? What does this mean for us? Those questions take us back to John 14. There are really three things going on in this passage prior to Jesus' resurrection. This Interaction was for later for them in so many ways. They likely understood so little until more unfolded. Jesus is talking about union with God and the priority of obedience. Jesus is promising another advocate, the spirit of truth, to be with and in followers of God forever. And Jesus is describing a caliber and quality of, the, of, the, of life connected to our followership of God, that must have been mind-blowing for them and is for us today. The Holy Spirit. Now, in historical practice, through the stories that God's followers told from generation to generation, there was knowledge of the Holy Spirit coming upon individuals for particular tasks. So a part of the paradigm shift that continues for followers of God in real time is that the Spirit is always present with and in everyone. This is a big, fat, giant deal. It must have been a bit overwhelming to consider. The Spirit was not for everyone prior to this. Maybe prophets, kings, priests, not every person, not women, not children. But now, now an outpouring will come for all. A part of what this points to is the reality of our union with God. On that day, Jesus says, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, 
and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. We need to remember where we are in real time as we start to talk about these couple of verses. On that day, this is in real time the evening that Jesus is betrayed by Judas. On that day refers to the resurrection as Jesus in person visits with them over the course of 40 days, the resurrected Lord. On that day, the day of the resurrection, you will know that I am in my Father, and I in you, and you in me. Jesus is describing a core concept, perhaps the core concept of our Christian spirituality. We are a people at union with God. Not only are we at union with God, but the caliber, the kind, the type of relationship that exists within the Trinity is the relationship caliber we are invited into. This is a little hard to think about, but it's also amazing. We have the same relationship with God that Jesus does, that God does, that the Holy Spirit does. We are invited in, and we will know. The word know there in the Greek is deep and wide. It is about knowledge, experience, intimacy, all wrapped up together, conscious union. We may know, experience assurance. We may know, experience God's presence. We may know, experience God's love. This Christian stuff is a big deal. Union with the God of the universe. Now, we must be careful as we read this because this union described here almost sounds like it is connected to some kind of quid pro quo. If you love me, you can have union. But that is not what is happening. A part of what is being said and we see through the Gospel of John particularly, but also throughout the New Testament, is that the love relationship that exists within the Trinity is the same love relationship that we experience. It is about union. It is about love, agape, that generous, trusting, open, and never withholding love. But we do need to keep in mind that obedience has a part to play. We see that as Jesus in these few verses contrasts what the world can see and what we can see as we follow God. It is through obedience that we put ourselves in a position and set ourselves on a trajectory to see God and to love God. But we can also embrace the world and love the things in the world and see the things in a worldly lens. That trajectory puts blinders upon us to be able to see God love God, experience God. Further, Jesus says at the end of this passage, I will love them and reveal myself to them. That word for reveal is more understood by us as disclose in translation. Our God is a God that shows God's self to us as we move through time and through the course of our lives and into all eternity, I can only imagine. So what does all this mean? We may chime in with the early followers in awe of the Spirit's indwelling. We may, like them, at different times ask, Jesus, where are you? Where are you going? And we note here Jesus' assurance, I will come to you. I will not leave you. And we may, we, we may wonder, like they did, what about us? What about us? 
We have God extending to us union with God and indwelling with the Spirit. Through this, we see that beyond the resurrection of Jesus, we are still greatly limited. It's so fascinating. We need help so much that God must live in us. We need to let that sink in. God has provided for us. God knows us. But this provision demands, demands response, purposeful seeking and responding. The question for us is who or what do we love, God or the world? For the love of each sets us on a trajectory. What a gift this looking back to look forward is to us. For them and for us, reminders of our reality, love, union, relationship, and a response of obedience to set us on our way. And a great reminder. Amen.